mean, I can see you taking two kibbasis at once in college, but probably not on a sandwich. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. You found the Crowley Show, where your mom listens in. You should, too. 412-919-1316 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina, behind the glass. Check him out on Twitter, at FBomber73. And please, tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here all live. From the Fox Bet Studios, make the call, download the app today, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Usually with me now, at 29 years young, if something happens after midnight, it's like it never really happened. Couple of beers too many, you pee down the stairs, did it really happen? It was after midnight. You go out, you make a bad decision eating-wise after midnight, you have a whole pizza. Does it really matter? No. Unfortunately for the Penguins, you lose after midnight. Nope, those losses still count. And my God, what a disgraceful road trip that was. Game one against the Kings. Okay, they outplayed them, but they lost the game. I could deal with that. Just get four points in the next two games. Next game, you lose, you play pretty well, but you still don't score enough to win. You're trailing 3-1 to one going into the third period. Not ideal. All right, go out and you get the two points, salvage the trip, try to build on something for when you come home to PPG Paints Arena, and they fall flat on their face. They don't score a goal. They give up five without question the low point of the season. And as far as regular season play is concerned, it is the low point of the Mike Sullivan era. The Penguins have not lost six games in a row in the regular season since 2012. Now, right after that, they rattled off, I think, nine wins in ten games. They got themselves right for the playoffs, just in time to lose in six games in embarrassing fashion for the Philadelphia Flyers. Losing six games in a row at this time of the year, it's not good. I don't think the Penguins are done. I don't think that the Penguins are no longer Stanley Cup contenders. I don't think that the season is now a disaster. But... A good team doesn't let this happen, and they don't let this linger. They've got to put an end to this. We'll talk about that in just a second. Here's why I got faith in this team, though. Doesn't mean it wasn't embarrassing, but I do have faith. They've made the playoffs for 13 straight seasons. They know what it takes. They know how to play their best hockey down the stretch. They've been largely good in March, really, since Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin have been here. They've largely built going into the playoffs since those guys have been around. Mike Sullivan, pretty darn head coach. So you've got two superstar players. You have the best head coach in hockey. You've got a couple of goalies that are good. You've got the roster. I can't be that worried. I'm not happy, but I can't be that worried. Sidney Crosby has been awful during this stretch. I mean, just about as bad as we've ever seen Sidney Crosby. He's been a minus player once in his entire career. That was his rookie season. He was a minus one. He has been a minus eight during the six-game losing streak. Sidney Crosby has one point in six games. Very un-Sidney Crosby-like. No. Here's a reason, though, that I think they'll be fine. You really think that's going to keep going on? You really think Sidney Crosby is going to be a minus the rest of the year? You really think the rest of the year, if you extrapolate it, that Sidney Crosby is going to average one point per six games when in his career he averages over one point a game? 
I don't think so. I think the law of averages is going to catch back up in a positive way for Sidney Crosby. I expect the captain to bounce back. And if the captain bounces back, that's going to be a huge deal. Sidney Crosby's not the vocal leader that some in this town would like him to be. But that's just not his nature. Sidney Crosby's never been a raw, raw guy. Sidney Crosby's always been a lead-by-example dude, and he's been a friendly teammate, welcoming to young players. He's welcoming to old players who are acquired at the deadline. He shows them how to work hard. That's how Crosby leads. Well, after the game against San Jose, Crosby came out, and he took all of the blame on himself. He said, I haven't been good enough. There are too many goals against when I'm on the ice. He said, I haven't scored enough either. You don't hear that from the captain. It's because, A, he very rarely plays this poorly, and B, it's just not in his nature. It's not his style. But for him to come out and say, this is on me, I've got to be better, I expect him to be better and a lot better on Tuesday against the Ottawa Senators and then moving forward. I just don't think Sidney Crosby is going to play this poorly or even poorly the rest of the way. And there are reasons for his failure. Sure, there's line mates moving around him, and he's being deployed an awful lot with the Chris Letang-Jack Johnson pairing that has not done well in the slightest. That is hurting his possession numbers, and it's also hurting his goal-scoring ability. But when Sidney Crosby says, this is on me, I'm going to turn it around, I need to turn it around, I'm going to buy in. Because he's never given me a reason not to buy in. This, to me, is about benefit of the doubt. I can't tell you. How many people are overreacting on Twitter? Because I stopped counting. But it's an awful lot. I woke up after the game against the San Jose Sharks because I fell asleep after it was 3 to nothing, And the Twitter outrage that I saw about the way that the Penguins were playing is too much for my liking. When you've got Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Mike Sullivan and Chris Letang and the track record that these dudes have had, and the Letangs and the Malkins and the Crosbys going back to 2009, I think that they deserve the benefit of the doubt to have a little bit of a rut. I'm not happy. I'm going to keep saying that because I don't want to be miscast here. But if anybody's going to come back from a six-game losing streak, if anybody's going to be able to pull back from a streak where you can't score any goals... It's these Penguins, it's that leadership group, it's that coach. Why do people have to write them off already? I wrote a piece on ESPNPGH.com, and some of the Facebook comments were, This team, they're done. Stick a fork in them. They don't have a chance. I mean, they're still not even in a wild card spot. This Penguins team still is third in the Metropolitan Division, and yet they're being written off. There's no reason to do that. If you don't want to trust the Pirates when you think they're in the midst of a second-half collapse, I understand. If there's two minutes left in a game and Mike Tomlin's trying to manage the clock and you don't want to have faith, I think I can understand. I'm not going to understand why people don't let situations play out with these Pittsburgh Penguins. It happens during playoff series. You go all the way back to 2016 in that Washington Capitals series, and the number of people who were writing and screaming about how Sidney Crosby hadn't done enough made my ears bleed. My topic of conversation on the show that day was, if they win the series, Crosby did enough to help them win the series. And if they don't win the series, guess what? You can rip Sidney Crosby sideways. Because if they don't win, he obviously did not do enough to get the Penguins past their big rival, the Washington Capitals. Lo and behold, they won. 
Mike DeCourcy, TSN, love the guy. Friend of the show, friend in real life. This dude criticized Sidney Crosby as a captain when the Penguins fell 3-2 to two in the series against the Lightning that next series. What happened? The Penguins win the next two games, and they go on to win the Stanley Cup. Crosby's a bad captain! Then Crosby winds up being the Conn Smythe Trophy winner. Let these things play out. If the Penguins don't make the playoffs, yeah, injury's going to have had a lot to do with it, but let them have it. Because they were in a playoff spot. They are today on March 2nd. If they don't make it, yeah, criticism, you're allowed to throw at these guys. Crosby, you didn't do enough to get them to the playoffs. Mike Sullivan, you didn't do enough. Evgeny Malkin, even though you're having a great season, you weren't good enough. Jim Rutherford, the roster wasn't good enough. If they don't make the playoffs for the first time in 13 years and you want to criticize them, be my guest. By all means. I totally understand. But there's a month-ish left in the regular season. They hold a playoff spot. They were in first place about a week and a half ago whenever they dealt with more injuries than any team in hockey. I feel like you can say, I'm just going to sit back and wait and see how this goes. What I am asking for, Penguins fans, is a little bit of patience. And what Sidney Crosby and Mike Sullivan and Evgeny Malkin deserve is a little bit of patience. Now, this is coming from a guy who wrote the Penguins off last year in November. Turns out I was right. I can see a flawed roster when there is one. This roster, it's deep. It's got issues. Can they pull it together, though? Yes. They're more than talented enough to be a legitimate contender, even in the stacked Eastern Conference. On paper, they look damn good, and everything they've done up until these last six games tells you they're pretty darn good. So be patient. Have you never had a bad week, a bad day? Have you never screwed up in your job? I'm sure everyone listening thinks they're great at whatever it is that they do. Because I know how the human mind works, right? You all think you're great at what you do. You never have a bad day? You never have a bad week? If you do, you feel like you can turn it around. The Penguins, I think, have the men in that room that can turn it around. And I'm going to be patient. I'm going to let them try to do that without totally raining on the parade without totally ripping and lambasting these guys. It's a long season. They had been so consistent. This team had 80 points, and they still do, a week and a half ago, and were playing the Washington Capitals for first place in the division. They haven't had a down period yet, and they missed Sidney Crosby for like 30 games. They missed Malkin for 14 games, Brian Russ for 13 games. They've been missing Brian Dumoulin. Now they've been missing John Marino, and they had yet to have a downturn this season. Now they have. That's human nature. When your good players don't play, you don't play as good. Duh. The Pittsburgh Steelers this year were 8-8. Eight eight. If you have Ben, if you have Stephon it, if Juju and James Conner weren't always damn hurt, they're probably a playoff team, but you don't have them, so guess what? You're not. You pay guys to be great, and when they're not in the lineup, it's going to make a difference. When you lose Brian Dumlin, it's going to make a difference. When you lose John Marino, it's going to make a difference. When you lose them both at the same time, now Jack Johnson's playing up in the in the lineup. Now you don't know what to do with Chad Ruedel. Now you don't know what to do with Yuso Riekler. Are you playing him or are you playing Trotman? Not a lot of great options there. This isn't a function of the Penguins roster sucking. This isn't a function of the Penguins being a bad hockey club. This is a function of the Penguins being injured, and finally it was too much for them to take. Really what they did, Pittsburgh, is spoil everyone over the course of the season when they were tracking to be a division champion, even with all the other injuries that I mentioned before.
They should not have been playing that well the whole stretch. I don't think anybody would have blamed the Penguins for kind of sucking it up without Crosby, without Malkin, without Latang, without Hornquist, without Jake Gensel. I think people would have said, ah, you know what, I get it, they're really hurt. But because they battled through it, now you just expect any injury that there is, oh, they'll be fine. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. That's not how life works. Whatever project it is you're working on at work, if Becky, the great sales girl, ain't there that day, maybe you're not going to do just as good of a job. It's the way it works in hockey. It's the way it works in football. The people that you pay to be good, if they ain't there, the next guy's not going to be as good, period. I have faith in the guys that they've got because I haven't seen them really fail. Yeah, they've had their playoff disappointments, but I've never seen them fail in the regular season. When's the last time this team didn't make the playoffs? 2006. And I know that there's a lot of different faces now as compared to where there were back then, but you've still got Crosby. You've still got Malkin. You've got a two-time Stanley Cup winning coach, two-time Stanley Cup winning goaltender. They've got the dudes. And this, by the way, is the biggest reason why they're going to turn this around. Starting tomorrow night against the Ottawa Senators, Crowley guarantee. Johnny Marino and Brian Dumoulin are game-time decisions. Oh, my God, the Penguins suck. Oh, my God, why have they lost six in a row? This is horrendous. Oh, my good. The two dudes that they've been missing are coming back. It's not that hard to figure out. Why do they suck? Because they're playing Chad Ruedel all the damn time and Yusso Rikula and Trotman the other half of the time. That's why they haven't been so good lately. And you think, yeah, it's only going to affect the defense crowd, man. No, you need guys who are able to push the play offensively. Chris Letang can't push the play offensively as much if Brian Dumoulin's not in the lineup. Marcus Pedersen's not the same guy if he's not playing alongside John Marino. Jack Johnson and Justin Schultz shouldn't be playing more than 15 minutes a night. Now they have to. It affects everything. So everyone calm down, back away. Scream into a pillow, maybe if you have to, then you can calm down. Maybe drink some Jägermeister, have yourself a nice icy light, and let this shiz play out. Because here's betting the March of the Penguins is going to happen this year like it happened uh, last year. Back to our regularly scheduled hashtag shirtless John March of the Penguins. Now, it is important that they stop the bleeding now. If I have a bad radio segment, right, rare as that might be, it's no big deal. During the break, I might swear a few times, go for a walk, get a cup of coffee. Brian talks me off the ledge. Next segment, usually fine. This is all hypothetical, by the way, because it never happens. Never happens. Two bad segments in a row, though. I think I'm the worst talk show host in human history. Confidence is big in anything. If you think you suck, you're going to suck. The Penguins have been in a fragile state now in terms of their confidence. Six losses in a row, four of which came to teams that suck. Well, they've got one of those teams coming into their barn tomorrow. They have to get it done. If they don't, then confidence will continue to be a problem. And, yeah, the standings, they're a little bit worrisome. They've been passed by the Flyers. Philly, yes, has a game in hand. But they're actually in danger now of falling into a wild card spot or missing the playoffs entirely. Entirely. I just told you I don't think it's going to happen. But you have to stop the bleeding. I expect them to come home and take care of business. If they don't, they are in trouble. You have to beat the Senators in PPG Paints Arena, and you have to stop the skid. One of the problems that they've had is that they continue to fall behind in these games. They're not scoring goals, and if you fall behind, you're not going to feel all that confident in your ability to come back, are you? Earlier in the season, the Penguins would come back all the damn time. Now, not so much. Why? Because they're gripping the stick a little tight. They've been told they can't score. 
You have a nice game against Ottawa, you pot four or five goals, all of a sudden it all changes. And it does go quick. The Penguins scored 14 goals in the three games predating the streak. They've scored eight in the six games during the streak. Some of it's bad luck. Some of it's bad play. But you're never as bad as you look during a streak, whether it's uh, if it's a bad streak, and you're never, never that good as you are in a winning streak. Everyone calm down. The Penguins are going to end this thing tomorrow. Crowdman guarantees it. Yes, they're scuffling. I'll tell you what it doesn't have anything to do with, though. Next, plus dropping loads of audio. It's the Crowley Show live from the Fox Bed Studios. Make the call. Download the app today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. Shaw Precision Guns, Bridgeville, Glock, Sig, Colt, Kimber, Savage, Remington, Browning, Smith & Wesson. Shaw's own line of custom bolt-action rifles manufactured right here in Pittsburgh. Your South Hill Second Amendment headquarters. Shaw Precision Guns, Bridgeville on Washington Avenue. Um, I wouldn't guarantee that the Pens are going to win things. Guaranteed it. When you guarantee things, they go the other way usually, remember? That's why Foxbet closed me out, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guarantees are like gambling, even though there's no money involved. So. Oh, I'll put money in the pens tomorrow. Oh, no. Money line oh, and WVU. Oh, no. well, Smart guy. I don't care about that one, but oh. could you not put money on the pens? Oh. This is where Sneaking plants its flag. Your home of the Steelers. We're excited about getting the job done, obviously. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM, 1047 HD2, the iHeartRadio app. And now on the new and improved signal in Allegheny County, 1063 FM. This report is sponsored by ExpressPros.com. ESPN Pittsburgh Traffic. Dan in the Parkway East. Condoms, noses on my uh, work computer. So The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. There are two different kinds of people in this world. There are people who see a problem... And they understand what's actually happening. The other kind of person is the overreactor person. So the Penguins have now lost six straight games. Three of which have happened since the Penguins made the trades that they've made. And that's what people are saying. Oh, these are terrible trades by Jim Rutherford. Connor Sherry sucks. Patrick Marlowe, score a goal. Now you're playing him with Malkin? What a failure. And this Evan Rodriguez guy, I mean, who the hell is he? Yeah, the reason the Penguins suck right now is because they don't have two of their top four defensemen. They might look a whole of a hell lot different tomorrow than they look today. When you have those two guys in the lineup, it has nothing to do with the traits. Now, we need this to happen, and I tweeted this out. We really need to get a Connor Sherry falls down count because it's all the darn time. He goes 100 miles an hour, then he wipes out. It's Really quite the spectacle. Is this a drinking game? It can't be. We would die. Okay. Right. I mean, die, die. Like alcohol poisoning. Yes. <laughs> like stomach pump can't save you, die. Sherry would kill people. <laughs> yes. He falls down every game at least one time. There is a streak. Since he's been back, three games, fallen down in each of the games. The question is, how many times does he fall down a game? Now, that doesn't mean that Connor Sherry's not a fit. I like him. I think he adds to the depth. I think he adds to the speed. I think he does play well with Sidney Crosby. People, though, they seem to think the Penguins are struggling because of the trades. That's not the case. They have not been playing good hockey for a few weeks. 
It's causation correlation. Oh, no, Connor, Sherry, and Marlowe suck. Guys, they've played with the Penguins for three games. Three. To quote Aaron Rodgers, R-E-L-A-X. And are all the trades bad? Because it seems like one of the dudes who's actually playing well is Jason Zucker, recently acquired in a trade, five goals, seven points in ten games. He's been a smashing success. The Penguins falling immediately and failing after the deadline is not because there are all kinds of chemistry issues or anything like that. It's a banged-up hockey club. They're not playing well right now. You can't play well from start to finish, wire to wire. It does not happen. Ask the Tampa Bay Lightning. Does it happen? Last year, 62 wins in 82 games. From the start of the season to the end of the season. Wow, they were great. Until the playoffs rolled around, and they won as many playoff games as the Buffalo Sabres, who haven't qualified for the playoffs since like 2005. Because you can't maintain a high level all year long. These are human beings. They get tired. They've got issues going on. You can live with one dude not playing well if a bunch of other guys are playing well. But you're at times going to hit a span where a handful of guys aren't playing well all at the same time. And what happens then? You'll lose. In baseball, I think it's the perfect example for this. Because baseball is really an individual sport, and you got a team of individuals. Because the dude who's hitting third, if he's hitting 325 and he's popping dingers, that's great. How many guys is he driving in, though, if the two dudes ahead of him aren't getting on base? What if that guy's in a slump and the four hitters in a slump and the seven hitters in a slump and the two hitters in a slump? Well, now all of a sudden you're going to lose a bunch of baseball games. If one guy has a slump, fine. If four of them have a slump, your lineup's going to suck. You're not going to score any runs. If one of your starters is stinking, but the other four are fine, you're going to be okay. It's when two starters show a dip in their fastball velocity or they're tipping pitches. Now all of a sudden you got a losing streak on your hand. In hockey, it's the same thing. Sidney Crosby's not playing well, which by extension means his line mate's not going to be playing well. And there's going to be a trickle-down effect when your best player's not playing well. And whenever you've got guys thrust into the lineup who shouldn't be in the lineup, well, it's going to screw everything up, and that's what's happening with this team. If the Penguins lost six straight games in November, no one would care because Duck Hodges just threw an interception. No one would care because it's time to fire Randy Feetner. But it's happening now where the Penguins are the only show in town. You got spring training Pirates baseball. whoop the flipping do No one cares. So all eyes are on the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they're playing their worst hockey of the season. And now all of a sudden, people who aren't experts all proclaim to be experts. Well, I'll tell you what's wrong. These trades were terrible. No, they weren't. They just didn't fix the problem of the defense. The only thing that could fix the problem of the defense is getting healthy on defense. The Penguins weren't going to trade for a top-four defenseman, let alone two top-four defensemen at the deadline, because they don't have those kinds of assets. And why would you, knowing full well that these guys are going to come back in short order? Dumoulin and Marino are going to play tomorrow, and I guarantee you it's a different hockey club. Well, they've really been losing since Connor Sherry's been here. You're an idiot. They've really been losing since Patrick Marlowe got here for those three games. You're a moron. Use your eyes. Understand what you're watching. And if they hadn't been playing well for a couple of weeks, they've been bailed out by goaltending and Evgeny Malkin playing really lights out hockey. They've been trending in this direction for a while. 
And even then, they were probably good enough to win two of those three games on the Western Conference road trip, and we'd be having the conversation, oh, look at them, they won two out of three, not great, but not bad, and they're still ahead of the Flyers in the standings, and they're right there with the Washington Capitals. We are a reactionary society, my friends. Had the Penguins won those games, and they could have won the two of them, doesn't matter, they're totally fine. It's the same hockey game. Instead of the puck hitting the posts, the puck hits the back of the net. It's a little bit different for you people. But really, it's not. They still aren't playing great hockey. There's a lot of people in this town who watch a hockey game, and if the team wins, they played well, and if the team loses, they didn't play well. And they can't tell you the nuance of the thing. They can't tell you, well, they played well enough to win, they just didn't. Or, really, they should have lost that game, but the goaltender bailed them out. They don't know what they're watching. You guys, you don't know what you're watching. Just be patient. I smacked the microphone. You're going to see this team get healthy, and you're going to see them find their identity, find their roles. They're going to play a better brand of hockey. I'm telling you that's going to go down. No team is ever as good as they look on a winning streak. You need some luck there. No team is ever as bad as they look during a losing streak. Usually you got some bad bounces going that way, too. It's not because of Connor Sherry. It's not because of Patrick Marlowe. It's not because my lord of Evan Rodriguez. And really, if you want to make it about something other than the defenseman being out, how about your star players played about as worse, as bad as he can? You think Crosby's going to keep playing like that? Like you worried Sidney Crosby's all of a sudden done? I'm not. He was really hot coming out of the gate after his injury. 23 points in 13 games. Well, now he's got one point in the last six games. He's been up and down. He's got to get reacclimated to being in hockey shape. And I'm not trying to make excuses, but these things matter. He'll be fine. They'll be fine. And it'll start tomorrow, even with all those trade deadline acquisitions in the lineup. All right, I need a laugh. Penguins lose six in a row. People are jumping off of bridges. It gets me all negative. It's now time for dropping loads of audio brought to you by Foxbet. Make the call. Download the app today. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What you're about to hear is Rich Eisen of the NFL Network making it really clear that it was Deion Sanders who brought race into the conversation. Have we ever seen a brother cover a brother in the NFL? You mean black dudes? Or what, what you stop about? it. Stop I mean, it. I know what you're talking about. You got Deion Sanders. Sanders. I didn't know what you were talking about. I'm sorry. Deion. Hey, Prime, you make, you're, you're reliving my most painful broadcasting experience. <laughs> Rich Eisen scared there, man. He's scared. You can listen to how many times he says Dion's name, just to make sure everybody at home knows exactly who just went there. Just one more for good measure, Sanders. In case anyone wonders who Dion is, it's Sanders. That trickled out of Rich Eisen's mouth like molasses is dripping down his chin. It actually came out of his mouth slower than he runs the 40-yard dash at the NFL yeah. Combine. I didn't think he could over-enunciate any more than he already does, and he managed to do it. But again, when you have things in history, when Dion gets on these broadcasts, and you have things in history like this little gem... I'm at the road. Why are you surprised, Dan? Oh, you know why I'm surprised. I can't see it on TV, but he's a run. Yeah, we remember.
remember that jam. <laughs> That's Troy Apke, formerly Penn State. He can run, run, because he's white. I mean, he's surprised. He's surprised the white guy can run a little bit. Shocking. All kinds of surprises at the combine. Mike Mayock is scared. Rich Eisen is scared. Deion Sanders is a little bit scared. He's not full well going out there and saying these things. Yeah, here's a, it's like Rich Eisen. He's driving down the highway. Cops pull him over. Sir, I pulled you over. Uh, you were doing 150 miles an hour, and he's like, Hey, Prime, you make your. That's how he got off. <laughs> Dude, Rich, you're fine, man. Like, we know it was Dion. Dion says stuff. Dion said stuff when he played. Dion did stuff when he played. We all know it wasn't you, Rich Eisen. It's fine. It's okay, man. You're fine. Yeah, you're good, dude. He said this, and they let him back. <laughs> you know, when it came out of Rich's mouth, I think most of us were thinking what Dion said anyhow. No, we were, but you just can't say it. Correct. Right? Dion can say it because he's Dion. So just let Dion say it and move on. I mean, transparency, the first clip we played, I thought that's what he was talking about, too. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that is dropping loads of audio brought to you by Fox. Make the call. Download the app today. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Penguins don't yet need to make their goalie decision. Though I saw a few people on Twitter say it's time to do it. No, you don't have to. I'll explain. It's the Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Oh, man, he's rolling. Why are you surprised, Dan? Oh, well, you know why I'm surprised. I can't say it on TV, but he's going run. Use the superpower of invisibility to protect your vehicle's finish. Our clear vinyl paint protection film helps prevent damage inflicted by rocks, salt, and other roadway villains. Body by Cochrane Customization. He can run, run. He can run, run. You know what's really cool watching on the combine? Like, the wide receivers going long. Like, dude, you're you're up there, and, and here you are. This is your shot. All eyes are on you, and you drop mm. that ball. Oh. <laughs> you drop it. There's not a more lonely feeling in the world, I'm man. just watching full after full drop balls. I'm like, oh, dude, you had one job. One thing to do. You know what would also suck is bench press and know that you're not doing as well as you want to be doing, but knowing you got nothing left and you don't have a spotter, that would be a lonely feeling, too. Yeah, I'd choke myself out. (laughs) This is where Steelers Nation plants its flag. Your home of the Steelers. We're excited about getting the job done, obviously. That's saying something because your cheese cheeses are unbelievable. Thank you, sir. They're my favorite thing on Twitter. Adam Crowley. Oh, yeah. Cheese. Yeah. On ESPN Pittsburgh. I love this. This is good content right here, Pat, who tweets in at underscore Adam Crowley. Oh, Pat. He says, myself and random Twitter dude, count Sherry Falls every game we have since he was called up to the Pens pre-Buffalo. He averaged about four Sherry Falls a game. Hashtag forgot to move, forgot to remove the skate guards. <laughs> Good reading by me, crowd man. Well done. You ruined that tweet. I sure did. <laughs> I mean, he forgets to move sometimes. He starts to move. His legs move. The rest of him doesn't move. It, it makes sense. Connor Sherry falls down all the time. It's funny. The other Penguin player that I thought fell down a lot is nowhere near similar to Connor Sherry's stature, size. There's nothing, in fact, comparable between these two guys. The other dudes, Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves might be pound for pound the strongest man in hockey. 
and he would beat your face in with bare knuckles, and he's going to grind below the hash marks and below the goal line, and he's this tough son of a gun. He'd fall down a lot whenever he'd get into those puck battles, though. And it was just because he wasn't a very good skater. I think Connor Sherry is shot out of a cannon almost every night. And I forgot how fast he was. Like, I remember in 16 being like, holy cow, who's this 43 guy? Is he Sherry? Is he Sherry? I don't know. He's fast. He just falls down all the time. And I think it's because he's going so fast, you can't possibly think that quickly unless you're Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid or one of those guys. We're going to keep count, though. Tomorrow against Ottawa, I'm going to have it officially up on the Crowley Show Twitter page, at underscore Adam Crowley. I might even write a blog about it. Connor Sherry falling down. I saw this on Twitter over the weekend, and one of the people who was an offender was Mark Madden. He, the Penguin expert, he said, it's time to make a decision about the starting goalie. I don't know, man. It's March 2nd. Who's playing better right now? Is it Murray? Is it Jari? Jari's the better goalie. Now, is it by much? It was up until the Sharks game. This is why I went to sleep early. I'm going to watch every second of every Penguins game all season. I'm going to do it down the stretch, of course, and I'm going to watch it with a fine-tooth comb, and I'm going to take my notes, and I'm going to very meticulously prepare for my radio show. I fell asleep because the two goals that Jari led up, the second and third, were awful. Weak sauce. The Penguins desperately needed a save. They were in trouble, and he was great the entire first period. They needed a save, and one goes between the wickets. The other, it was just brutal. So he had been playing great up until that game, and guys are going to have an off game, and his statistics still rank up there among the best in the entire National Hockey League. But is he the guy that you're going to clearly say, he's the starter after he just played like that? What about Matt Murray? You could easily say, well, Murray's won us two championships. Last March, the hashtag shirtless Tom March of the Penguins, Muzz was 9-3-3 with a 9.35 save percentage. People talked about how well the Penguins played defense last March, and they did, but it was really more about Matt Murray just being off-the-wall good. You got to give both these guys a chance to prove themselves. Hey, if Jari was playing out of this world, it would be his net. But it's not like the Penguins can afford to play the worst goalie for any reason right now. I'm just not sure which guy, which guy's the guy. There's not really a gap today. Jari against the Sharks wasn't good. Nobody was, but the goalie was included in that. Madden wants the starter to be named. If it's Murray, it's because of past performance. If it's Jari, it's because he's slightly-ish kind of better right now. I say you keep the competition burning. Because if Jari really is now about to have a downturn, right? If that game against the Sharks was a precursor of things to come, you don't want to give him the net for the next five games and be like, oh, no, this guy stinks. Matt Murray, you don't want to give him the net right now. Did he earn it? Or is it based on past performance? What if he goes in there for the next five games and stinks? I say you keep rotating him. You see who can pull away from the other. And then whenever April 12th or whatever it is rolls around, now you've named the starter. But you've got more than a month before that happens. The biggest thing right now is the Penguins got to fix the play in front of these dudes. And it's hard to have an adequate evaluation of a goaltender when you're giving up odd man breaks. Like Pedersen was giving up twice against the Washington Capitals last Sunday. It's really tough to judge a goalie when you got two guys walking in all alone. It's really tough to judge a goalie, just to go back to that Washington game, whenever two defensemen run into each other behind the net. And then no one muscles Carl Hagelin out of the paint. 
It's really hard to judge a goaltender. That ain't on the goalie. So the defense needs to play well in front of these guys to get an adequate understanding of what they're able to do, and then you see who plays better when you're rotating them, and then that guy can be the goalie in April. There's no need to make a decision right now. I hate when that happens. Oh, we got to make a decision. Why? Well, we got to make a decision. Well, why? Well, we got to make a decision. What's the reasoning? Got to see if somebody can get into a groove. Yeah, but what if he doesn't? That's what I'm concerned about. Now, I'll say this. If Murray plays tomorrow against Ottawa, let's do it this way. Maybe I spit my face a little bit here, but let's say Matt Murray goes out and stops 45 pucks, and he's unbelievable, and he's making himself huge in the net, and he's great in his angles, and he's playing the puck well, and he's making smart decisions out there, and he's tracking. Okay, maybe you consider putting him out there Thursday. Maybe. But if we're getting mediocre performance from him, followed by mediocre performance from Jari, followed by mediocre performance from Murray, followed by mediocre performance from Jari, you got to keep seeing until a guy's going to play it out of it. You give them the opportunity to take this job, and no one has taken the job yet. It's one thing. I would start playing guys consistently if one guy proved it above the other, but no one's doing that right now. The Flyers are on fire. That pains me to say. I mean, that just hurts. It just hurts. Hurts me right in the pit of my stomach, the Flyers, bastards. They've won six in a row while the Penguins have lost six in a row. And the Flyers were well behind the Penguins prior to the streak. They were eight points back. Besides that, that came out weird. That came out kind of like molasses. Besides that, the rest of the Metro right now stinks out loud. And it's the best division in hockey. But this is kind of my point from earlier on in the show. Every team's going to struggle at one particular time or another. You can't go wire to wire and be great all year long. It just doesn't happen. Well, luckily for the Penguins, everyone's bad streaks, except for the Flyers again, seem to be coinciding with the Penguins' bad streak. I wrote a blog about this on ESPNPGH.com. It's one of the reasons why you don't have to full-blown panic right now. The Penguins are 3-6-1 in their last 10. Duh. 0-6 0-6 in their last six. Zero points. 0-3 on that Western Conference road trip against bad teams. The Flyers are hot, but the Isles are 3-5-2 and two in their last ten. That's not good. The Jackets, fewer wins than the Penguins in their last ten. They've got two. They're 2-4-4. Two, four, and four. The Canes, everyone's darling after the trade deadline, and I think they did a good job getting Vinny Trocek, getting a couple of defensemen. They're 4-4-2. Four, four, so the Penguins, yeah, they've stunk out loud. The rest of the division, apart from the Flyers, has stunk as well. Now, the Rangers have been playing well. They just got beat by the Flyers this weekend. They don't quite concern me yet because they're still on the outside of the playoff race looking in. But the Penguins, it's not like they hacked up a whole bunch of ground to these other teams. And what did I say last week? I'm not concerned about the Penguins outright missing the playoffs, even though they just went 0-3 against bad teams. I have always been concerned about falling into a wild card position, having to play Washington in round one, or having to play Boston, then Tampa, then Washington in succession in the playoffs. Well, the Penguins, while they've been awful, they haven't really ceded much ground to those teams that would force them into a wild card position just yet. They've lost some ground. They haven't lost a whole bunch of ground. So, just everyone take a little breath. That's kind of the theme of today's show. Everybody just breathe. Everybody just calm down. It was Evan Rodriguez who yesterday, I can't believe I'm quoting this guy, who said, we can't control what happened behind us. 
We know who's up on the schedule next. We're going to take care of business against those guys. It's the only thing we can do. Play our best game against Ottawa. It's true. And, yeah, you don't get all those points back if you beat a bad Senators team on Tuesday, but you start getting the ball rolling in the other direction. If they can score a couple of goals, would also go a long way, too. And once they turn it back, you're going to look back down in the standings and you're going to say, oh, the Isles have stunk and the Jackets have stunk and the Canes still haven't found themselves yet. Now, all those teams may well get hot now down the stretch, but it's not like it's your worst time of the year yet that you've done too much damage to yourself. And the Flyers, who are hot, they're not this good. Look at their roster. They're not this good. They're okay. I thought coming into the year that they'd make the playoffs. Are they good enough to win the division? Really? Look at their roster. Are they good enough to beat Pittsburgh and Washington? I don't think so. So everyone just please calm down. Got this tweet from John. I wish we could see Jari against Washington. His puck-playing skills would help the defenseman tremendously. I think that Jari is a way better puck handler than Matt Murray. There's no question about that. And that does fit the Penguins' system because they want to get the puck out of the offensive zone or the defensive zone, pardon me, as fast as they possibly can. And they want to get up on the breakout. They want to attack with speed. I understand why Jari's skill set fits better with what the Penguins want to do from a systematic standpoint. But, John, if that is, in fact, your real name and you're not just some anonymous guy on Twitter, first and foremost, you got to stop the puck. Like, if you can't stop the puck, I don't care if you can maneuver your stick like you're Martin Brodeur you got to be able to stop the puck. And right now, they're both doing it just about as well as the other guy. And I'd be full on board with giving Jari a little bit more of a chance had he not stunk it up and pooped down his leg as much as he did against the San Jose Sharks there on Sunday night. we got Jesse Marshall next on if and when the Penguins can pull out of this shiz and whether or not it is the trade deadline's fault. I kind of wanted to laugh there. I did too. Uh, a little bit of a laugh. It's the trade deadline's fault. It's all their fault. Damn it, there. The trade deadline goes again. Darn it. That's next. Jesse Marshall, live from the Fox Bet Studios. Make the call. Download the app today. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. Shaw Precision Guns, Bridgeville, Glock, Sig, Colt, Kimber, Savage, Remington, Browning, Smith & Wesson. Shaw's own line of custom bolt-action rifles manufactured right here in Pittsburgh. Your South Hill Second Amendment headquarters. Shaw Precision Guns, Bridgeville on Washington Avenue. Man, is it weird when, when your company sends you an email like telling you that you got to watch out for the virus? Did we get that? Yeah, we got like a company-wide email ah. saying they know about it, so we shouldn't work. Hey, just FYI, we're good. If our company is charged with protecting us from the disease and it's not just about us individuals, I think we're all screwed. They're going to make it worse. Yeah. They might pass the virus to us <laughs> trying to prevent us from getting it. Yeah. Good yeah. thing we're off the air, by the way. Yeah, no doubt. I know the pirates won't be sick. <laughs> Can't catch anything. Sponsored by Farmers Insurance. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. This is where Steelers Nation plants its flag. Your home of the Steelers. We're excited about getting the job done, obviously. Download the app today. WPGGAM Pittsburgh. The Adam Crowley Show. Crazy animal, those ducks, Adam. They always try 